the SEC media released their all SEC teams as well as their predicted order of finish. And as I predicted, as I tried to tell y'all, KJ Jefferson gets screwed. So let's talk about it here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Friday as you have finally made it heading into the weekend. And it's hopefully going to be a good one. It's going to be a hot one, at least here in the state of Arkansas. But um, you know, I was waiting to do this podcast. I was, you know, I usually try to record it around 10 a.m. ish uh, central time. The uh, just, you know, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but that's usually my ballpark. But today I was going to wait. I was going to wait until the predicted order finish and the all SEC teams came out from SEC media days. It was supposed to come out this morning. Didn't know exactly what time, but it was officially put out. And there is a positive and there is a negative at least from what I saw, and uh, we'll talk about both of those. But I got to start out with, of course, the uh, the thing that happened that I knew was going to happen, and I felt like, because one of the things that I said was going to happen didn't, and then another thing I said would happen did. And what it is, and this is to me the most egregious thing, the All-SEC team comes out, and they not only do first team and second team, they also do a third team. So I think it's dumb if you do three teams. Four teams is absolutely absurd. Three teams is pushing it. Two teams is about right. I've always just kind of liked it when it was just two all-SEC teams, but hey, whatever, get your graphics up and get to throw them up there, whatever. So it was officially released, which we know that there are a couple of guys, which we'll talk about as far as in the positives, of where they would be in the uh, all-SEC team for Arkansas. A few players that we kind of knew would be there. But the one that I knew should be there but I also knew was going to get screwed was KJ Jefferson. Is KJ Jefferson first team all SEC? No. Bryce Young is. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. Of course he is. Why wouldn't he be? I mean, that makes sense. I think everybody, even KJ Jefferson, would agree that he should be first team all SEC. Well, I thought KJ should be second team. I think that's what he deserves to be. But instead, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee ends up being second team all SEC quarterback. Well, that's dumb. I get that he probably is going to put up a lot of numbers in that offense, but to me, there's no doubt that K.J. Jefferson, given the schedule, given what he did last year, and given his type of play, is an overall better quarterback. Nothing against Hendon Hooker, but K.J. Jefferson's a better quarterback. But some people fall in love with numbers. Okay, okay. You fall in love with numbers. You fall in love with, oh, the fact that he's going to put up 18,000 yards because of the system quarterback that he is in that system. Fine, whatever. Is KJ Jefferson third team now? He's not. He's not. Instead, Will Levis from Kentucky is third team All SEC. KJ Jefferson is not mentioned, according to the SEC media, as being one of the top three quarterbacks in the SEC. It's absurd. It is absolutely absurd. Again, I'm not surprised it happened because 
let's be honest. There's a lot of people that don't want to believe in what Sam Pittman's doing, what Arkansas is doing, what the offense is doing, which, again, we'll talk about some of the hype, uh, hypocritical part of it in the next segment when it comes to some of the positives that were going on. But I'm sorry, you can't sit there and tell me with a straight face that K.J. Jefferson is not one of the top three quarterbacks in the SEC. You just can't. And what this comes down to me is that it goes back to what people fall in love with. People fall in love with certain aspects, when I'm talking about the media, certain aspects about quarterbacks, instead of actually looking at the entire body of work, instead of looking at the type of player that they are, the type of moments that they put themselves in, but instead they're just they try to talk they try to be almost trendy in their picks. They try to talk themselves out of what's going with the natural pick and go with what the pick that they think, oh well well this is what makes the most sense. This this is what uh this is what I think is going to happen because well I mean it, it I got to be different. I can't just be boring and pick the same thing. But again, like I'm looking at Will Levis. This past year, Will Levis completed 66% of his passes. Okay, it's not bad. I mean, listen, you're you're at Kentucky. You're a team that's mainly built on defense, which I understand that that's what Mark Stoops does, and that's fine. But he completed 66% of his passes. He threw for 2,800 yards. Okay, it's decent. Didn't get to the 3,000-yard mark, but decent. 24 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. He did that at Kentucky. All right? Hendon Hooker completed 68% of his passes for 2,900 yards, 31 touchdowns, and three picks. Pretty good. Again, I am okay, or I'm still not saying I'm okay because I still disagree, but I'm I'm at least accepting of the fact that people would pick Hendon Hooker because of the numbers he put up. K.J. Jefferson put up is 67%, 2,600 yards this past year, 2,700 yards essentially, 24 touchdowns, and four interceptions while also playing in the SEC West, while also having to play the eventual national champion last year on the road in Georgia. So given the circumstances of how much more of a difficult schedule that Arkansas had last season, especially their toughest games being on the road, and, and given the circumstance to not only, because I want to bring this up too. I, I In fact, I'm going to do this because I'm going to look at the rushing stats too because I feel like that needs to play a factor into it because it's part of their game. So rushing stats for Will Levis. Where's let, Let's see where he's at. Two, 376 yards. Not bad. Hendon Hooker. Rushing yards. 620. Not bad. K.J. Jefferson. 664 this past year. So it, it's just, it makes me mad because, again, if people just want to they're going to vote however they want to vote, but I just don't see how any way, shape, or form you can look at last year and say that K.J. Jefferson wasn't a top-three quarterback. I just don't see how it's possible. If you watch the games and you saw his clutch moments when he was able to do what he did against Ole Miss, have six total touchdowns in that game, when you saw what he was able to do against Mississippi State, where he led the team down the field for a touchdown game-winning drive, which was so crucial, and he was a pivotal part of that, when you saw about the leadership qualities that he was able to have, when you saw about the numbers in the games that he would have and, and throwing big bombs and big passes and making big plays, and not the fact, not to mention the fact that he did get hurt in Texas A&M, comes back in and finishes out the game, all those things put into perspective, K.J. Jefferson, 100% deserving of being a top three all-SEC quarterback. Now, I know there's going to be people that disagree. There's going to be Tennessee fans because y'all are insane 
in my comments that are saying that, okay, I'm an idiot. And it's probably going to be some Kentucky fans, all 18 of you, that are going to be in my comments too and just saying, well, this is what Lil Levis does. He, he puts mayonnaise in his coffee. Ooh, that's so cool. But I, I just, I, I can't, I can't understand why anybody would see what they saw this past year from KJ Jefferson and not say he's a top three quarterback. So but that's okay. I guess the silver linings in all of this would be the fact that you could have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. KJ want to go out and prove yourself. Want to go out and make it happen. Want to go out and be that guy to really, uh, to really showcase that, Hey, this isn't just some fluke situation. This isn't just some, uh, you know, thing where I got lucky, like, no, you're going to go out and you're going to prove yourself, uh, especially in some of the biggest moments this year. I bet you anything. I, I mean, I would bet money on it right now that KJ Jefferson is going to be a top three quarterback by the season's end. And Will Levis will not be. Will Levis is not going to be. Like, book that. KJ will have a better year than Will Levis at Kentucky. Now, again, Hendon Hooker, he's got great numbers. So if you're just basing off of numbers, I'm not sure KJ will have better numbers than him. But I still think he'll be a better, he's a better quarterback. I still think he was deserving of being uh, the guy that got the nod when it comes to all SEC. And so Bryce Young, no one's going to no one's gonna argue that or anything like that. So anyways, um, I feel bad for KJ, but at the same time, he'll be okay. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't need that. He'll be all right. But uh, still, it's just one of those things that it bothers me. The disrespect that KJ Jefferson continues to get from the SEC media. And I guess we're going to have to find out how the season goes, but I'm putting, if you, Hey, I wouldn't change KJ Jefferson. I wouldn't swap him for hooker or for Levis ever, ever. Wouldn't even think about it. Wouldn't even come close to it. Wouldn't even consider it. KJ's my QB, my QB. And I ain't changing that for nobody. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports needs. Find all your favorite sports events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. And you can also find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be your online source for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts that have you covered. Head to the BetOnline today and use your mobile device to learn more about the action today at BetOnline.net, where the game starts. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so I talk about how I felt like Arkansas, or at least K.J. Jefferson, got screwed in the whole not being picked as one of the top three quarterbacks in the SEC from the media, which, again, is not surprising because that's just what they do. Uh, they always end up uh, you know, going against the grain, which isn't always uh, the, the way it needs to be done. But I will say that as much as they, I believe they got it wrong when it comes to the all sec quarterbacks they impressed me where they actually got the predicted order of finish in the sec west i wouldn't say they got it right but it's about as accurate as i can remember it being at least in my perspective i picked arkansas to finish second i know that that's high i know and i can understand that that's really thinking like the highest of expectations like i get that but that's me if I'm looking at the realistic aspect of what people outside the state of Arkansas would think, I can understand why they wouldn't pick Arkansas to finish second. But looking at the the Western Division and the predicted order of finish, I was actually blown away to think that they they picked Arkansas to finish third, third in the SEC West. Alabama, of course, was picked to finish first, going away, not even close. They had a 
1,262 votes. And then you had Texas A&M, or Alabama had 177 first-place votes, too, so far and away the team. A&M was second. Three first-place votes, as well as 968 points is how they put it when it comes to uh, them being in second. Arkansas at number three with one vote to win it all, was not me, and 844 points. Coming in at fourth is Ole Miss at 675 points. So you're talking about nearly 200 points less than what Arkansas has. Uh, then you have LSU at 591 at fifth, Mississippi State at six with 390, and Auburn at 338, which essentially just says, hey, <laughs> this is this looks like it's going to be uh, Auburn's bad year, and Brian Harson's probably going to be leaving. Now, as far as the SEC champion goes, uh, they have Alabama far and away the champion, 158 points. Followed by Georgia, 18 points. It's just wild, the discrepancy there. South Carolina got three. Okay. And Texas A&M got one. The same amount as Vanderbilt. Somebody voted Vanderbilt to win the SEC. All right. Okay. Uh, Tennessee also got a vote to finish first in the East. Kentucky got four. 172 votes for Georgia. But South Carolina getting, like, I can understand Vanderbilt getting one because somebody's going to be dumb. But South Carolina getting three. All right. Like, who, who's doing this? Like, I consider myself to be one of the biggest homers of them all, but I would never pick Arkansas to win the West. Like, I haven't been finishing second. And the only way I'd actually pick them, finish them to, for them to finish the West, uh, finish first in the West, is if Nick Saban is no longer there. Like, that would be the only way or reason why I would pick them. But it comes back to the fact that they picked Arkansas to finish third. I was surprised by this. I honestly thought that they would pick the best case fourth, probably fifth. But what this goes to show you is that there is a lot of belief in Arkansas and a lot of belief in Sam Pittman this upcoming season. And I have been trying to tell people this, and of course they never you know, believe me or think that I'm stupid for it, but I've been trying to tell people that you have a great opportunity in front of you where the schedule lightens up from what it was last year. Your toughest games are at home, where you get Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, and South Carolina all at home. AM is in Arlington, which we know how crazy that is. Your road games are against Mississippi State and Auburn, the two teams that were picked to finish dead last in the SEC West, and Missouri on the road at the end of the year, which Missouri was picked to finish second to last in the SEC East. This is the schedule you want. Now, your non-conference is a little bit tougher because you got Cincinnati to start which I still think the Arkansas will win. I think Arkansas will, will run all over that team. And then you have Liberty and Missouri State should win those games no matter what. At BYU is weird. It's a weird one. Uh, I think Arkansas is the better team, but crazy things happen, especially when you go out west. Everybody knows that from the SEC. So all of these factors put into place, it makes sense of why people believe Arkansas will finish third in the west. I even heard Trey Biddy of Hawksports.com. He was kind of not agreeing with me and saying that he agrees with John Neighbors, but saying something similar to what I was saying, where he's like, hey, nine wins. It's about right. He's like eight on the bad side, 10 on the good side. I'm kind of the same way. If I if you told me that Arkansas was going to go 10 and 2 this year, with their only losses being to say Alabama, because they're always going to lose Alabama, and throw in AM and or a BYU or and or some other SEC team. And that's it. I'd buy that. I'd believe in that. I wouldn't even think twice about it. Because there is a it goes back to the whole point. There is not one single team on this schedule besides Alabama that scares me. That's it. That me that has me saying no way they're going to win. 
Because even against Alabama, you're going to be going up against the Heisman Trophy winner offensively in Bryce Young and probably the number one overall pick in Will Anderson on the defensive side of the ball. Like, that's too much for anybody to overcome. But you could also throw in some, you know, maybe some luck going your side. Like, we'll see. I'm not picking it, but we'll see. But everybody else is fair game. And as long as you got K.J. Jefferson, my QB1, my uh, second-team All-SEC quarterback, as long as you have him, I feel like you're always going to have the ability to win these games. And I think that you have a, a veteran offensive line is great. I think your defense is going to be improved. Just all these things going together, I believe that finishing third in the SEC West is absolutely realistic. Because I think if you go nine and three, you finish third. So it, you're telling me that if Arkansas loses three games this year, wins nine, finishing third in the SEC West? Yeah, I could see it. Ten and two gets you second, I think. Maybe. We'll see. Because if A&M... If I say if you're one of your lot, because you're losing Bama. If you if you lost to AM and then AM was able to like, you know, still win all their other games and whatnot, then that that makes I guess 10 and 2 realistically could put you in, could put you in like a third, which would suck. But it's possible. But still, I think if you go 10 and 2, you're gonna finish second in the West. And if that ended up happening, just imagine. Imagine how that feeling would be and imagine how you would feel like, holy crap, this wasn't just a fluke last season because so many people try to chalk up last Razorback season as, okay, yeah, you went eight and four, but LSU was down and you know, Auburn was down and you know, you, you, you got to, you know, Georgia was great, but you know, you lost to good teams that were better than you like Georgia, Alabama and Ole Miss and Texas wasn't that good. Like everyone tries to justify because you're little poor old Arkansas. There's no way that you can finish high in this division. You need to know your role. You need to know where your position is. You're not some almighty team that can come in and actually compete for the SEC West. No, 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 no. You, you're supposed to just stay back there in the bottom three or four teams. You know, and maybe it'll be cute maybe if you get to that uh, fourth spot in the SEC. That'll be precious, but... Let the big boys up here in the SEC West. Let us take care of finishing first and second and third. Ain't happening this year. Arkansas is going to be that team, and there's not going to. And if you do that, and if you're able to pull that off, there's no excuses. There's no oh, this team was down. Oh, this team was bad. Does not matter. You win in the SEC. You win in the SEC West. It doesn't matter what the other teams are doing. Doesn't matter what the coaching situation is. You won. You won. And that's at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Your record is what you say. You are what your record says you are. I think that's whatever the quote from Bill Parcells. And so I think it's possible. I think the SEC media got it right in the regard of feeling great about Arkansas and their chances of actually competing for the SEC West. And as much as I feel like they screwed up the whole thing with KJ Jefferson, I feel like they got this right. And I got to give them a lot of kudos, at least, at least for that, but not much else. We'll finish up shop. And close up shop here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast coming up here in a bit. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so uh, final segment here of the uh, Locked On Razorbacks podcast, since we already talked about media days and all the you know stupid stuff that was going on there. Um, I did want to throw out something I thought was kind of funny where people kind of disagreed with me, but I thought it was pretty telling or at least pretty on point. I was this morning. I was, I, I can sometimes do this where 
if I'm just kind of passing time or, or whatnot, because I was actually uh, just waking up in the morning and I was having, about to take my dog Rowdy to uh, the vet, which he hates. And so I was just sitting there and I was like going through and looking at YouTube and whatnot. And it was crazy because I, I go I go to that point and I look up all the stuff going on and I come across Matt Jones highlights from War Machine 2013, which he's the godsend. If you haven't followed him on YouTube, he has all the Rageback highlights, so go and follow him. But it came up in like my my feed. It was like Matt Jones highlights. I was like, why not? You know, so I clicked it. I started watching it, and it was just. And as a kid, he was like my favorite Razorback growing up. Like I loved Matt Jones. I loved watching him play, and he was just so ahead of his time. And I even made the the comment or the argument that if Matt Jones was born 15 years later and he was inside of a Kendall Bryles offense, if you will, we'll just use that as an example, he would be a Heisman Trophy winner. Like people talk about dual threat quarterbacks and how good they are with their legs or with their arms or whatnot. Matt Jones, I know he had to have that. He elected to not have surgery his freshman year because he would have been out and it could have maybe fixed his throwing motion. Maybe that would have helped. Or maybe if Houston Nutt could have actually developed a quarterback, which he could not do. He did not know how to develop a quarterback. In fact, he made him worse. Um, and things would have may have been a little bit different there. But there is not a single quarterback that I have still seen to this day that was as fast as Matt Jones. Like Vince Young, Cam Newton, Johnny Manziel, RG3, Tim Tebow, like all these Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks that were considered dual threat quarterbacks that could beat you with their legs. It was mainly due to them evading the pocket or, you know, you know, improvising and whatnot, which is fine. That's because that's a lot what Matt Jones did. But what Matt Jones had was top end speed. He had four, three, seven speed, which none of those guys had. He was six, six, 240 pounds with six, with four, three speed. Those guys didn't have it. They didn't have the top end speed. And so thinking about how the RPO would have worked right now with Matt Jones and just the amount and the speed of being able to hurry up, no huddle with the way that he played and how he how he addressed it, I believe that he would have been a Heisman Trophy winner, no no questions asked, guaranteed. Like, he was that good, he was that electric, and it just kind of made me think. And a lot of people disagreed, though. A lot of people said, no, he would have played wide receiver, or no, he would have stuck with basketball. Well, I don't know if that's the case. Like, I don't know if that's, that's how that would go. But whatever, you know, to each their own. But I still think that if he was able to play in this day and age, in this era, uh, he would be a Heisman Trophy winner, hands down, like not even close. And, you know, some may disagree, and that's fine. But, again, I encourage you to go over to War Machine's channel. Check out the Matt Jones highlights. Those were awesome. Really got me nostalgic and really made me feel good about uh, the Razorbacks and their chances uh, if Matt Jones was our quarterback now. Okay, I love KJ. KJ's awesome, too. But it just, you know, makes you think. Makes you think of what if. Matt Jones was the quarterback now. Who knows? Maybe I'll do a what if Wednesday on that one day. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Rangerbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.